to another great episode of The Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Brian, where they talk bourbon and, of course, drink bourbon. Grab yourself a pour, kick back, and enjoy another trip down the bourbon road. excited to have blandsbourbonshop.com as a new sponsor for the bourbon road podcast in fact this podcast is brought to you by blanton's bourbon shop blantonsbourbonshop.com is the only official merchandiser for blanton's the original single barrel looking for a unique gift blanton's bourbon shop has got you covered blantonsbourbonshop.com is your home for all blanton's gifts You know, friends, it's never too early to start planning your trip to the Bourbon Trail for 2023. We hope you'll join the Bourbon Road crew as we pull out all the stops this year at Bourbon on the Banks. So mark your calendars for October 6th and 7th, and we'll plan on seeing you in Frankfort, Kentucky. Be sure to listen in during the halftime break for all the details on Bourbon on the Banks. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Bourbon Road Podcast. I am your host, Jim Shannon, and today, today we're on the road again. We're not too far from home. Well, we're about, uh, oh, about 45 minutes from our hometown of Simpsonville, Kentucky. Uh, we're in Georgetown, Kentucky today. we got a guest on today, and uh, our guest is Aaron Mullally from Bourbon 30. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jim. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun today because you guys make some pretty exciting whiskeys. We're going to kind of get straight to that first whiskey yeah. in the first half, give our uh, listeners a little taste of what you're offering here. We'll talk a little bit about the history of the company and get into some details, but um, mm-hmm. I have seen your products on the shelves yep. for years now. It's a shame we haven't gotten out here before. Yeah. You know, we've we've been around we've uh, we've we've tasted whiskey distilleries around you but we hadn't been here and the same thing happened a couple of weeks ago with another distillery it's just mm-hmm. somebody nearby that we hadn't been to yet yeah you know so there's an old saying about you know the cup maker drinks from a broken cup <laughs> the same sort of thing applies you know you, you yeah. don't necessarily do things that are in your hometown do you no you don't and uh because it's more fun to travel yeah and also that however though I, I think the timing of this is perfect because um you know as we'll talk about later we are actually relocating our entire operation to frankfurt kentucky down the road um so i think uh i think you couldn't have timed this any better in in relation to that that's cool that's cool yeah we'll get to talk about that a little bit more in the second half so yeah. what what do we have in our first class today so what we have right here is our uh, bourbon 30 90 proof um so bourbon 30 as you uh, mentioned is our the flag name of our organization and our company and then our premium line of products is j Madden the 1845 now bourbon 30 is a product we strive for consistency for um you know what you're about to taste here jim is uh, this with this 90 proof expression of ours is what you're going to get all the time with it um Versus our other line of products under Jay Maddenly, we actually strive for inconsistency with the with those blends, um, which we'll talk about later on today as well. So we want this, uh, you know, our goal for this bourbon is to be a very just get home from work at the end of the day. You want to just, you know, have a glass and relax. You know, we kind of aim for a nice chill drink and we kind of want a nice chill profile with this as well so um now however as we'll talk about later today too the barrels that we use to make our bourbon 30 90 proof with 
also go through our, our uh, what we call our crafting process here as well to try to make our whiskey stand out even more than, you know, others uh, as well. Okay. So, well, we'll talk about that a little bit. Let's, yeah, of course. Let's, let's taste and smell yep. the whiskey. Yep. And also full transparency. This is a uh, 75% corn, 21% rye, 4% malted barley. And uh, this whiskey we're about to try here is a source from MGP. Perfect. So, yep. So let's talk about this, the flavor profile. In case you listeners are wondering, we are nosing this in a Glen. Yes. Very, uh, very classical profiles. I would say you get you, you get a nice kind of vanilla front, almost kind of like a little touch of smoky caramel out of that. Um, what I like for this being a 90 proof expression is that it does have a nice little oak spice to it a little more than you might get out of some average 90 proofs, uh, but nothing offensive by any stretch of the means. It's a little nutty. Mm-hmm. Actually a little bit more than a little nutty. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a bit nutty. Yeah. <laughs> Just like us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I like the nose on it. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, that's nice. It really is a, it's kind of a match to the nose a little bit. It doesn't mm-hmm. like, uh, you don't taste it and go, wow, that's, that's nothing like what I just smelled. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very it's, consistent between yeah, the nose and the palate. Exactly. Very consistent balance. And uh, just like you said, it is, it is what you smell, you know? And uh, one, one thing I like too about this, especially with that little bit of a mid palate nip in there, um, this is a really, if you're a person who likes old fashions or Manhattans, this is a really nice bourbon for putting something together like that too. So every now and then, I mean, I mean that I, I blend and taste whiskey on a daily basis. Sometimes I just get fried from doing it. Sure. And, uh, you know, every now and then just a nice cocktail, uh, you know, can go a long ways in terms of want to have a nightcap or something every now and then. And, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sell like a bad Wisconsinite here. That's where I'm originally from. I'm not a fan of old fashions, but I love me. I love a good Manhattan and this is really good for that. Well, good. We'll so, have to try that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I like it. I, I like the nuttiness of it. I like it. It transfers to the palate really well. And mm-hmm. that nuttiness carries across as well. Yeah. It's not super sweet up front, but you do get that nice little bit of sweetness there. The rye comes in on the back kind of exactly. nice and delayed a little bit. Yeah. Right? It's yep. like a, a nice little warming effect that's just uh, like a bonus in the end. And you notice it still kind of leaves a little dry and lingering in the sun on, on the tongue as well, which almost wants to, it almost begs another sip, you know, so it's kind of yeah. nice about that too. So well, that's good. And what's the price of this bottle? Uh, in re- here in Kentucky, because obviously tax records vary from state to state they're in. This usually runs for around 40 to 42 bucks, depending on what store okay. you're going to be getting it out of. So well, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. And this is your flagship 90 proof bourbon. Yes. Yep. Correct. And this is what you would expect uh, most of your customers to default to as their daily drinker. Uh, absolutely. Yep. That's, that's, that's our aim with this. Correct. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about um, mm-hmm. Aaron and what Aaron does for bourbon 30. Sure. Uh, I, uh, as mentioned, I'm originally from, grew up in a little town in Northern Wisconsin and eventually used to teach prior to this and just kind of ping pong my way down here to Kentucky. And I got connected to here, uh, working in, uh, Chuck's Wine and Spirits in Bowling Green, Kentucky, uh, where I used to teach at the college down there. And then, um, I was I just at Chuck's the other day. Were you really? I was just at Chuck's. Were yeah. You? So the current store picks they have down there, they just recently got not too long ago. And what's kind of crazy is, uh, they're, they're up to their ninth. This was their ninth store pick they've done now with us. So does that explain when I, why when I go to Chuck's, their, 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 glass, their glass cabinet's full of Jay Mattingly? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot to do with it. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Because I was a big believer in this, in, 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 in Bourbon 30, Jay Mattingly, well before I started working here. Because uh, one thing that we'll talk about later is I love the uniqueness of, of uh, what we do here and uh, the against the grain mentality to try to just make the best whiskey possible. It's just uh, it's kind of how 
my head works. I'm very against the grain as well. And uh, I just, like I said, I love what was what they were doing and uh, sold the daylights out of it uh, before I started working there. And then that's how I transitioned my current role here. Now, my official title is a sales manager. And one of the things that I do a lot that I enjoy doing is uh, I do a lot. Of, I do quite a bit of whiskey blending here as well. And one of the things I'll do is make blends go in market to different states and, uh, you know, stores can't come to us and do picks. I'll bring blends to them and they'll do the picks and then we'll get everything. We'll get everything bottled and customized and sent up to them or down to them, depending if it's south of here. Because I was uh, just in Texas uh, not too long ago and back in Wisconsin uh, earlier this year, Tennessee earlier this year prior to that. So kind of kind of a bit of a road warrior for for us. And then when I'm here in town, I, uh, you know, like I said, I spend a lot of time in the barrels, uh, tasting through the barrels, taking notes. I mean, these I have a, a you see is this legal pad I have right here in my hand. I, I have a pile of these at home just from taking notes and just creating blends and uh, trying to make stuff up all the time. So so then, you know, the one the, the cool thing about us being a smaller company as well is we all kind of have to get our hands dirty here, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, none of us are above, you know, bottling or corking or waxing or doing anything else here as well. So it's kind of neat that we all we're, we're, we're a bit of a jack of all trades here, but we all kind of have our own little unique specialties that lend us to what we're doing. And for me, it's a uh, sales and blending. So, yeah. So you're wearing multiple hats and most people here do. And mm-hmm. then, you know, that's pretty, pretty typical of, yeah. you know, smaller distilleries mm-hmm. and people have to have to do multiple jobs, but you know what? That makes the day go by faster, right? Oh, not getting there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you mentioned that you were a teacher. Mm-hmm. What did you teach? Did you teach at uh, Western Kentucky University? No, I taught at the community college, Sky CTC. Uh, I, I taught human anatomy and physiology and uh, pathophysiology for 14 years, a little 14 years, actually, before doing this. So, wow. Yeah, got a got a got a master's degree in physiology and uh, just jump right into teaching and never look back. And yeah. Now here I am uh, blending whiskey. So well, very. Uh, I would imagine just a little bit of that applies to maybe the uh, the, the, the palate. Under, Understanding the biology of taste and how the liver breaks down alcohol comes in quite handy. So I would I would say so. Yeah, that's great. So how long have you been with Bourbon Thirty? Uh, actually, we're recording this August first. August twenty first will be my two year anniversary here. Wow. Okay. And then I started doing store picks. Chuck started doing store picks uh, before I was able to come up. Uh, I was able to join on the third pick in, Jan- in January two thousand twenty one, and that's when I first mess- met uh, Jeff Mattingly himself, and already started to learn a lot from him. So two years is is this your, is this is this where you want to be now? Is are you living the dream? I'm loving it. I mean, uh, I mean, how many people can say that was once a hobby is now a career? Yeah. You know, I mean, I've always had a passion for whiskey and I, you know, scotch was my first love of whiskey. Uh, the first bottle of whiskey I ever bought was Jameson, your typical college stuff. But then the first nice bottle I got for myself was when I just finished grad school and I found some cash on the ground and there was nowhere around to, nobody around to claim it. So I bought a bottle of um, Glenn Levitt 14 year with it. Yeah. And then... Shortly after that, I got my hands on a bottle of Bowmore 15 year. And that's what made me realize I love, I, I love whiskey. And, um, and then just never look back from there. Well, good deal. I'm always glad to hear that. You know, there's a, there's a country song, something about, uh, do something you love and call it work. Right. Or something yeah. like that. You know? Yeah. The most important thing is to enjoy what you do every day. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. you know, like I said, well, I mean, this was just kind of a hobby that was just the, you know, with my, 
science wired mind. I just always kind of geeked out on this really hard and just uh, studied it just because I just enjoyed it so much and all the science and history that went into it. And then, uh, like I said, to, to now say that I to do what I do, it's uh, I'm, I'm pretty darn lucky to be able to say it. Say That's that. awesome. So, yeah. Well, now that our listeners know who we're hanging out with, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about Jay Mattingly and kind yeah. of the history there. Like, yeah, absolutely. Where did where did this all start? So bourbon. So let's go back to the history first with with uh, Jay Mattingly himself. So John Graves Mattingly in 1845 actually had the second ever registered distillery in the state of Kentucky in the fifth district in Louisville. Um, sorry, Kentuckians. I'm from Wisconsin. I don't say it properly, but, um, but, uh, and then eventually his two sons got involved in the industry as well. And, um, eventually, uh, the, the company morphed into Mattingly and sons and then Mattingly and more, um, and then eventually, uh, the Mattingly and sons founders actually wound up, uh, having a daughter, uh, uh, Margie, Margie Mattingly, who became Margie Samuels. Wow. And then, uh, and then also some of the companies that originated from the original 1845 wound up, uh, migrating into Bardstown and becoming what is now 1792. Um, one of the properties that were also that, that were came from that, that umbrella of that became eventually called four roses. Um, and, uh, yeah. So the Mattingly's in general have quite a, quite an extensive fingerprint in this industry. Historically, I don't know the exact genealogy that's why i'm trying to keep it a little little ambiguous but um but yeah they have a very heavy influence on this industry but that's where that's where what we use is jeff uh jeff mattingly himself is a direct descendant um this is great 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 uncle i believe john graves mattingly and like i said that that's hence that's why on the label it's uh jay mattingly 1845 is jeff is paying homage to his ancestor and thankfully jeff and john started with a j so it worked out quite well it worked out yeah and then uh however though that's our premium line of product uh bourbon 30 is the actual company name and uh and jeff came up with that because when he was a a, a kid growing up in breckenridge county um, you know, whenever his dad was going into town to work or, uh, you know, going to work on the farm, him and his brothers had this code, they would say it's bourbon 30, and then they would go steal dad's whiskey and drink it. So, <laughs> um, so we're not encouraging the kids do that by the way, but, uh, but yeah, but that's, that's where the name bourbon 30 comes from. It's kind of harkening back to some, you know, his childhood and his younger, not childhood, but his younger years. And, uh, that's where the name bourbon 30 came from. And then in, 2014 was actually the first ever release of uh, Bourbon 30. Um, and then 2016 is when Jay Madden, the 1845 first was released into the market. So, well, I'm enjoying this. It's almost gone. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to our next bottle, which is coming up here in just a minute. But yeah. uh, I, I did want to f- kind of talk about like our exact location here mm-hmm. more or less so people can understand where we are. We're, yeah. we're in Georgetown, Kentucky, and mm-hmm. not everybody knows where Georgetown is, but yeah. In terms of the Bourbon Trail and the big cities, where are we located? So we are, I would say we're here north of Lexington, um, uh, about 10 minutes off of I-64. So if you're taking 64 east, um, get off the Georgetown exit and basically uh, get off on the thing of 62, which takes you up to Georgetown Road and takes you right into South Water Street, uh, hang it right at South Water Street and you can't miss us. So you're about 15 minutes from downtown Lexington. Mm-hmm. You're about uh, 20 minutes from downtown Frankfurt. Yep. Various other distilleries in the area are not far away. You're kind of centrally located, at least in mm-hmm. the in this uh, more eastern part of the trail. Very much so. I mean, uh, yeah, because as you know, like Four Roses Distilling and Wild Turkey aren't terribly far away from here. Um, Buffalo Trace is, you know, being the Frankfurts down the road from here. Um, you know, Glens Creek, uh, Castle and Key, you know, um, 
aren't far from here. Uh, yeah, obviously, if you head towards Lexington, you have uh, the, the James E. Pepper down the road. So, yeah, there's definitely, as you mentioned, a very high concentration of does And that was, I just listed a few. Yeah. Those are, just, I'm just kind of spitballing what's coming into my mind right now. But there's, a, there's a, as you mentioned here in Central Kentucky, a lot of very high concentration of distilleries. And in addition to Bourbon 30, what else is Georgetown known for? Uh, I believe the Cincinnati Bengals have a practice arena here. Um, there's also a, in terms of employment, uh, a massive Toyota factory. That's right. This town. is where the big Lexus plant is. Correct. Right? And oh, yeah. which actually there's a connection with us to them because actually that's actually where Jeff worked before founding this company. Actually. Okay, cool. He worked there for almost 30 years and in 2009 uh, retired from there. Decided he couldn't stay retired. Um, and then, uh, believe it or not, Bourbon 30 started out as a merchandise and clothing company. Um, so then oh, that's Jeff, interesting. Yeah. So then he he just he just had a huge passion for whiskey and just uh, decided he wanted, you know, kind of that, that, as I mentioned earlier, that Bourbon 30 was so tied to his younger years. Yeah. He wanted to just focus on his passion for whiskey instead of, you know, working in the, the, the industry of, you know, making vehicles. And, um, so it kind of all started with a t-shirt literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. We were literally wearing the start. Usually it ends in a t-shirt, but yeah, no, it did. It, it, like I said, we're against the grain. <laughs> um, yeah, he just, uh, so he would make a bunch of t-shirts and merch and go to different festivals and started selling it. And then, uh, once he generated enough capital from that, then he started buying whiskey barrels and, um, like as mentioned, 2014, and that was in, so in 2010 was when the company Bourbon 30 itself started. And then uh, uh, was doing some subletting with Glens Creek in Frankfurt. And then that's when the 2014 of Bourbon 30 releases first came out. And then a little bit before that, we're doing a little bit of team uh, um, working at, in the same space with uh, th uh, three boys and, and kind of the border of Shelby and Frank, uh, Franklin County. And then in 2016 migrated where we're at now and have, we've been here ever since. Awesome. Well, we've got another whiskey to try here. Yes, we so do. we just had your 90 proof yep. and now we're going to up it about 10 points. Correct. We're going to have our bourbon 30 hunter proof. And like our 90 proof, uh, remember when I mentioned earlier that we strive for consistency with this um, same thing with this, what you're about to taste here is what we aim for all the time with it. Okay, cool. Well, cheers. Yep. Cheers. Oh, that is very different. Mm -hmm. Definitely a little more on the more, I would say, luscious, robust nose than yep. the 90 proof. A little bit of fruit coming through on yep. it, though. Now, here's something interesting that, that I want you to kind of pay attention to with this that we focus on here with this as well. We, we, there's an intent between with what we do with the 90 and 100 proof. We like to show people just because there's a higher proof doesn't mean it's going to bite harder as well. Right. So, because this, 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 even though it's 100 proof, it's got a bigger, fruitier, creamier, um, kind of caramelly nose to it. It remember when I was talking about that mid palate spice that the 90 proof has? This has a much more thicker, coacher palate kind of a profile. So, I've, I've, I would say this actually has a little less uh, spice and hit to it than the 90 proof, even though it's higher proof. Yeah. So, okay. so cheers. Cheers. Yeah, very different, very mm -hmm. different, but um, very nice. I'm, I'm not getting that 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 heavy nutty aspect to it, but I'm getting more of kind of a fruity, kind of a, a little bit more of a sweeter wash up front when it first yep. hits. But yeah, um, then you notice after you take after a few seconds after you take a swallow, you almost get like this little kind of like nutty mocha kind of a yeah kind of secondary to it. Yeah, there's it's a little little more drying on mm -hmm. the back end, and yeah, you get that kind of a you called it a nutty mocha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something. Yeah. 
Cause, cause to me, the reason why I say mocha, cause sometimes like I get these kind of like slightly a touch of bitter hints, they kind of come off like chocolate. Um, so it's like the cacao mocha kind of a, kind of a thing going on there. Yeah. I really like that. I really like the, the, the difference between the two. And yeah, I mean, they're the same starting whiskey. It's the same mash bill, same yeah, mash bill, same, same mash. Yep. And how you craft them after you blend them and, and mm-hmm. finish them in the barrels is, yep. is where you get that additional. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Cause we put them, cause we put them into the barrels we craft for a 9,800 proof are very specific for the 9,800 proof. And then that's how we maintain the consistency for those. And then, uh, so we were very meticulous and careful with, with how we use the barrels for, for that. And also how we, uh, mess around with the entry proof and, and proofing and whatnot, because that, that, that's how we help drive them to develop these profiles that create, even though they're the same ash bill and they're only 10 proof points apart, you can see the degrees of separation. Um, and that's that, like I said, that's how meticulous we are with our focus on how they, what they do, what the way we craft the barrels that we use for them. Yeah. Well, I like it. I, I like, I like them both. Uh, if I had to pick a favorite for me, mm-hmm. Based on my preferences, I might go with the 90 proof only because I the, the little bit fruitier notes on here. This is kind of a little bit Four Roses-esque to me a little bit. Yeah. Kinda, it's, it's nice. There's yeah. nothing wrong with being like Four Roses, right? No. Well, making, I, mean, I mean, this industry, there's so many different products. Yeah, you, you can't not compare to other, right. other people. Sure. I mean, yeah. And, uh, and you know, if I ever own a whiskey distillery, I hope somebody compares me to some great <laughs> <laughs> distillery. You know? Exactly. Yeah, I like I like this one as well. I think I I could uh, I could do a porch session with either one. They're both sessionable. I mean, yeah, you could definitely sit out and just make a bottle disappear with a good friend. I'd say with a hundred proof, I would definitely uh, smoke a nice little Maduro cigar with this, and the uh, the ninety proof with the, the little extra spice in the mid. I would definitely like a little more of like a sun grown or a Nicaraguan c- cigar with it. There you just go, to- your parents' cigars. We've got a few listeners that love their cigars, so there <laughs> you go, folks. I want, I want to hear anybody's feedback on that, too. So if you give it a try and let us know what you think, please. Absolutely. And this bottle is uh, priced at? Usually runs around 60 bucks. Okay. Um, so depending on what store you go to, some may price it around 59 62 usually around that range. So I'd say the average price point retail would be $59.99. All right. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we've got some more whiskeys. We're going to start. Drinking on the Jay Mattingly line. Yes, we are. Yeah, we're going to move into some Jay Mattingly blends we've done specifically for our gift shop. And then uh, just talk about each one and just have some more banter. It's going to be fun. All right. Be right back, folks. Bourbon Shop has got you covered. All of their handcrafted wood products are made in their in-house wood shop with authentic bourbon barrels. Specializing in barrel-aged potent treats, they use Blanton's barrels to age their own maple syrup, honey, and coffee. Find the most unique gift ideas for your golf lover, cigar connoisseur, avid coffee drinker, and Blanton's fan. Want to win an authentic Blanton's barrel head? Make sure you sign up for the giveaway on the homepage of their website. Blantonsbourbonshop.com is your home for all Blanton's gifts. As we mentioned earlier in the show, we hope you'll join us this fall on October 6th and 7th for Bourbon on the Banks. 
The festival itself is from 2 to 6 p.m. on October the 7th. And you can pick those tickets up at bourbononthebanks.org for $65. They also have an early access ticket for $75. It'll get you in an hour early and definitely get you access to some special pours. But if you always like that VIP access, this year they're bringing in the VIP access tickets to give you access to their VIP tent and all the great things that go along with that for $175. Be sure to check out bourbononthebanks.org. You'll get all the details on this year's event. All right, folks, so we are back. We managed to, to finish off that 100-proof pour of the Bourbon 30. It left a little bit of a hug on me. I like it. Honestly, I, I tend to agree with you that um, it doesn't drink 10 points higher. They mm-hmm. kind of drink pretty similar in, in terms of uh, yep. proof. Which is definitely very different mouthfeel and kind of where the flavors hid at the same time. And exactly. Yeah. It's fun, fun part about them. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So, so this half we're going to dedicate to your premium line. Yes. And this is the J Mattingly 1845. Mm-hmm. And I'd really like to talk about kind of the concept. Yeah. You know, what's the concept here? Sure. So the concept is with our J Mattingly 18. So as I mentioned, and we were trying bourbon 30, 90, and 100 proof, what you're trying is what you're always going to get. You know, we go for a consistent profile with, with those. Um, with the J Mattingly 1845 expressions that we do, those are, we just call them one-offs. You know, they're one and done. So, you know, we could do a blend of 30 bottles, we could do a blend of 300 bottles. You'll never see them again. Once the, so once we do that, once we do a blend, it's gone forever kind of a thing. Uh, so there's a couple of reasons why we do that is one, we want to make everything very unique with that. Um, and as a, as, a, as a whiskey blender myself, I love that because that means I have to be creative every single time. Because, you know, like most of the industry, and I'm not saying this to criticize the rest of the industry because there's a boatload of products out there I love. Again, this is what I like about our against the grain approach here is blending is done to maintain consistency. You know, you batch barrels together, um, you put barrels in workhouses in certain places, uh, you know, to uh, try to get them to age a certain way. And then you put them together in large scale batches to maintain similar profiles all the time. We aim to have to create different unique profiles with every single expression that we do with our J. Madden 1845s. So we're going to drink through three of these today, mm-hmm. and they're all very different from each other. Yep. And when somebody visits here from out of town, mm-hmm. they're they're going to see today. They're going to see these on the shelf. Yes. And then thirty days from now, if they return, they're not going to see these on the shelf. Correct. They're going to see something altogether different. Yep. yep. And you get a lot of people coming in that are collecting and uh, accumulating that like to like to say, "What's what do we have now? What can I get that I don't already have?" Yeah. And, well, it's neat because we get all walks in here. You know, we get people, as you just mentioned, people that have been fans of us for a while. They're collectors, and they're like, "This is neat, unique, and cool." You know, let's grab this. Or we get some people in here where they're just learning whiskey, and um, or we get people who are really experienced with it. And sometimes, because we do, we do a couple different offerings here. We do our bottle tour in the gift shop, where we'll take you through the the the, the flight of, uh, of samples that. Uh, that we blend for the gift shop. And my, and again, to, to repeat this, the blends that are in, in the gift shop that we're trying right now are only in our gift shop. Um, you know, whatever other ones that we have in market, whether they're store picks or whether they're ones for wholesalers for statewide distribution, that's all you'll see of those. Um, so these, what we're trying here are specific just to our gift shop. So um, if you're shipping to your distributor in Texas, mm-hmm. 
there's going to be something there in Texas that nobody in Kentucky can get. Correct. They have to go to Texas Unless to get it. To Texas and get it exactly. Wow, yep. that's that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. It, it's very exclusive. It's mm-hmm. very, um, yeah, it's very neat. I think that, and, yeah. and even if we go out in town here and go to a liquor store, they're not going to find these three. No, not at all. Wow. Nope. Nope. No, what's neat though is uh, plus taking that even a step further is, you know, people uh, like, for example, you mentioned with Texas, you know, uh, for our wholesaler down there, for what we just sent down there, they picked the, what wax colors they wanted, what they wanted to call it. So we allow places to really customize these bottles to um, help them make what's best for them to sell. So we try to work with our with our people very well, whether it's a specific store pick or a wholesaler or even honestly, we do a barrel experience where people can if they don't want to do the bottle tour where they taste and we walk them around. They can actually come back and try some whiskey out of the barrels and walk out of here with their own custom small batch. And they will literally be the only person on planet Earth walking out with that bottle because there's the only people that made that blend right then. Whiskey's, I mean, bourbon's a little different in Texas. You know, I mean, yeah, the way it ages down there and the, and the sort of the flavors that, that come forth and yeah. it's almost a category in itself. Are they, are they trying to get whiskeys from you that are like that or like that are more appropriate for the Texas palate? Yeah. One thing I've noticed about blending, because um, like, for example, uh, like if I'm talking about my home state of Wisconsin, number one beer consuming state in America and uh, brandy consuming state in America. So a lot of lighter, sweeter kind of profiles up there. Texas, on the other hand, think of their food culture, big barbecue, robust kind of flavors. Um, uh, or, you know, if you had to Georgia, it's kind of like in between the two, you know, next door. So, yeah. So kind of understanding different parts of the country and palates and like what they strive for, there's a lot of variation. And that's something we have to be very conscious of when we're making blends, uh, to try to put in these markets is how is that going to, how, how are those regional palates going to be best met by what we're trying to do? So you like spotted cow? Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife loves spotted cow. Every time we go to, oh, we're in Iowa from time to time. Mm-hmm. We always have to run up and get some spotted so cow. Head up to like the the Quad City area and grab some. Yeah, yeah. So pretty, yep. uh, pretty important. Oh yeah, oh it's very important. You gotta have some spotted cow around. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what do we have in our very first class? Sure. So um, we're gonna start out with a, a rye here, um, and this rye is called Funkadelic. Um, with kind of a funky wax job. The name from that came from um, the last couple of ryes that I blended for the gift shop were what I like to call bourbon ryes. You know, these really like, because I've noticed with, when it comes to rye, there's a couple of camps, people that really love bourbon, want to get into rye, but they but they have a hard time getting in, into rye at the same time. So so I, so I for that, I like to blend ryes that have these more like upfront richer profiles, like your maples, your caramels, um, things like a little less floral and herbaceous and stuff like that. Um, and versus or like your rye rye and that's kind of what i wanted to focus on for this one a more like fruit spicy uh expressive version of one so literally when i when i was approaching funkadelic in my notes i wrote two words fruit and funk fruit and funk yep so the fruit aspect of it uh, i would say it's very apple forward um and then when i say now now i want to i need to translate this so when i say funk i'm thinking of i'm standing in the middle of a rick house taking a sip of whiskey, you know, cause you know, when you're in the Rick house, like a big, big old Rick house, you've got these, all this mold and wood and whiskey and angel share. So that's when I say funk, that's what I mean. If I feel like I'm standing in a Rick house, then that's, that's what I kind of, that's what that means to me. And then, um, and then the finish has that just kind of nice spicy finish to it. Like you would get out of rye, but nothing that's going to, you know, punch you too hard either. All right. So, and rye, I will say, uh, personally is my favorite whiskey to blend with as well. 
Well, I I kind of gravitate towards Rise myself. Yeah. I, I always have, and I just I don't know. I just there are people that just love the spice. You know, they mm-hmm. love the, the 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 richness of a rye, and, yeah. the, the, and man, they just they really get my attention. Well, what I love about the rye is the versatility of it. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I you can create so many unique flavor profiles with it if you just blend with it right, and uh, it's it's just really neat. And plus, uh, I like the history. I mean, it is the original whiskey of the country. You know, predates the Revolutionary War, um, got us through it, kept us going afterwards, and uh, yeah. So that's, I just like uh, just we wouldn't have bourbon if it wasn't for rye. All right. So this is Funkadelic. Funkadelic What's the proof yeah. on it? One sixteen. One sixteen proof. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, the nose on it is, uh, it's kind of a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was going for a little brighter, more expressive kind of yeah. rather than a dark, heavy. It does have kind of a, a nice, like, uh, candy spice nose to it, mm-hmm. uh, but not, uh, not dill, not clove, mm-hmm. not like heavy cedar kind of yeah. thing. More like a little bit of Christmas spice, kind of. Yeah, definitely see that. Like a light, light Christmas kind of spice. Yeah, yeah. cool. Well, cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah. So as, as subtle as it is on the nose, um, it definitely uh, impresses you on the palate. It's got a nice um, spice wash to it. Yeah. And it is Christmassy a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it was funny because I remember uh, the first time I ever came up here to do a store pick for my old store uh, for Chuck's, um, I wanted to actually do rye, not bourbon, uh, because, you know, I spent so many years doing picks of bourbon. I wanted to try to show people that I just want to make a rye and show people there's more of the bourbon out there, you know, mm-hmm. nothing against bourbon. Love it. But and I remember I was I was I was working on a blend and I was really loving the flavor profile of it. And but I had this idea of, well, I I, I shouldn't be the one to say yay or nay. It's got to be Jeff, you know. And I remember um, I was working on some blends and, you know, I'd have Jeff try you give me feedback. And the light bulb moment for me that really influenced me a lot was I gave I, I really thought I had this one locked in, you know, and I gave Jeff a sample. He took a sip and he kind of ooh, he put his hand on my shoulder. He said, OK, I like the flavors you have going here. But think about the texture. I was like, texture, what the heck? And I you know, then I took a I took a sip of it. and I was like. Oh, I see what he's saying. Cause it like it had good flavors, but they didn't really kind of marry together. And it was kind of like dry. And he, he was, he basically, he was telling me thicken it up, Yeah, you know? And then I went back into the barrels and I brought it back in and I it was literally the try after that. And I handed him the cup and his eyes, you know, got real big and he said, stop here. And I said, okay. <laughs> so that was a, uh, that was literally the first whiskey I ever blended was. It's an art and it was lesson one, huh? Well, well, maybe not lesson one, but one well, was, one of many lessons. It was a very important lesson, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like this one a lot. I, I think yeah. that this is something that um, you could actually drink it year round, but I think I'd prefer it in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Whiskeys don't really have seasons, but we like to say that sometimes that they do. You know, though this is a. Nah, I think this is a summer time. sipper, or this is a oh, this is a winter warmer. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, it's like beer. I mean, you know, you're not going to drink a barrel aged style in the middle of summer. You know, you want yeah. that in the colder, darker months of the year. So, yeah. Do you often uh, blend uh, batches that have kind of this profile, or is this something really unique for you? 
Uh, well, like you mentioned, kind of thinking about the seasons, um, thinking about the regions, uh, I I'd say this is definitely a profile I think would work very well in the Midwest, like the upper Midwest. Yeah. Um, uh, but in terms of this time of year, uh, this late summer going into fall and I would definitely Christmas it up even heavier, you know, going into the cooler months of the year, heading into Thanksgiving and, and, uh, um, Christmas. Yeah. So, so are you guys distributing in, uh, up in the like in Wisconsin and in uh, Michigan yeah. and in the UP and uh, yeah we are in uh, Michigan Wisconsin Tennessee Indiana um, Georgia Texas Alaska Nevada um, don't want to miss anybody Kansas uh, I know there's eleven different states that we distribute to if I didn't hit eleven forgive me did but you say Kentucky. Of Kentucky, yeah. <laughs> I figured that was a default. But, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, we distribute to multiple states. And, uh, you know, as we move into our new location, we're going to expand that even more. Yeah. Um, even, so. Yeah, I had a friend once. And this is sort of a side story. I had a friend once. Yeah. He was uh, he was an immigrant from China. Mm-hmm. And he actually, uh, we worked together for a number of years, but he spoke Chinese. Yeah. He just so happened he spoke uh, Russian as well, oh, wow. you know, and we were working together and I, I didn't know that he had spoke Russian and, and he actually told me one day that he spoke four different languages. Mm-hmm. I said, Oh, you speak four languages. He said, yeah, I speak four languages. I speak Chinese. I speak Russian. I speak French. And then he paused. He said, for the life of me, I can't think of the last one. <laughs> I said English. Yeah, <laughs> he said, "Oh yeah, that, that one. one." Yeah. <laughs> so I get a, you can definitely forget Kentucky when you're rolling yeah. through your states, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, this is a great whiskey. I yeah. I like this one a lot, Thank and you. I like whiskeys that have a lot of craft to them. And, mm-hmm. and this one seems to me like you really. Um, I don't know. You kind of do. You, can you repeat this, or is this just you don't want to? I understand, but could you? So. No, um, a won't, won't be allowed to, but B let's say, let's say you came back in a couple months, let's say all the same barrels were still here. As you know, these barrels are very sensitive to temperature, barometric pressure, humidity, weather fluctuations. So, um, so even if I, even if we had all the same barrels here and you came back in two and a half, three months and we tried to use the exact same ratios, I probably wouldn't even be able to repeat it anyway if I yeah. tried. Um, but also now what I can do though, because one thing I take a lot of mental notes on and just we do here in general is flavor profiles that we do create. So um, uh, so if we know that there's a, a profile that worked really well, because, um, you know, going back to Texas, there was a there was a light whiskey we sent down there last year called Marfa Lights that just went kaboom down there. And um, it was a little bit different from light whiskeys that we've normally been sending down there because normally we've been sending kind of bigger, darker, heavier ones. This one was a really uh, that myself and uh, Charles here worked on uh, was a very big, uh, like a very bright, expressive, just and we weren't expecting it to just take off like it did. So when they reached out to us and they, they and you know, for feedback on the next light whiskey, they just said Marfa lights. Yeah. So we're like, all right, I know at least have a frame of reference to work with. There so. you go. There you go. Yep. All right. Well, I'm, I'm ready to get on to the next one. This all is right. exciting. Yeah. These are, these are whiskeys that um, are kind of out of the box a little bit. Not like anything we've tried. Yeah. Well, and, so that's, uh, that's what we want to hear. Yeah, so this next one here is uh, is an American light whiskey. Um, how often do, do I mean when you do interviews like this, do you guys run into American light whiskey? We, we've had a few light whiskeys okay. on. It's not often, but it, but me. you know, 
you know, young, young, small distilleries yeah. are trying things all the time. And yeah. every now and then we'll, we'll come across a light whiskey, but okay. cool. I was just kind of curious. Cause I know light whiskey, even though it's been around for a very long time, it just hasn't really gained market notoriety. So what would you say? Roughly 2015, 2016, you know, yeah. give or take. Um, cause actually bourbon 30 was one of the first companies to really start trying to get it out there. Cause you know, I mean, that's, it's, you know, distilleries was a good way to, make use of used barrels that they couldn't get rid of. And then after sitting down for over 20 plus years, they're like, what do we do with these? And start selling them around and getting them out. And like sure. you said, is, you know, craft distilleries were the ones that were trying to, like you said, get their hands on, you know, just something different. And yeah. The price of a barrel is, is not, you know, small. No. They're, they're very expensive. Oh yeah. So you need to get the maximum value out of it. Absolutely. Yep. And that definitely, uh, we could definitely, that alludes to our barrel crafting process as well, you know, because, you know, what we do um, when we uh, empty barrels is we deconstruct them into their staves, sand them down, and then uh, rechar them because uh, into, you know, and cut them into some smaller pieces of rechar them because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we get the majority of our whiskey from MGP. Um, however, we are going to start distilling when we move into our new location, which I would like to talk about that a little bit, a little more with you. Um, but, uh, but what we do then is when we get new barrels in, we open them up and then we taste from them and see where they're at. So then, because when you get a whiskey started by aging, it's already developing its profile. But our philosophy is, well, how do we get that profile to develop as quickly as possible? Yeah. Um, and uh, so then, you know, we'll taste it and then we'll take these different staves that we've charred differently and then figure out, okay, how can we apply these staves in a certain amounts, which not sharing that with you guys, sorry. But, um, and then how can we apply them the inside of the barrel, let them sit for a while, because because where's most of the flavor coming from the charred oak right sure it is but most of the whiskeys only playing with the charred oak of the wall of the barrel and you got a lot of whiskeys not even touching it you know whiskey some of the whiskey has never touched the outside of the barrel exactly right which is just as effective as the inside correct so there so therefore we get that so by adding that that increased service area of charred oak that's more contact is being made and therefore we're 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 making the maturation process uh we're expediting expediting that essentially so, pretty cool stuff yeah awesome so this whiskey here, 99% corn, 1% malted barley. Uh, we It's called uh, Pineapple Sunrise. Pineapple Sunshine, I believe. Pineapple so, Sunshine. I think uh, our gift I shop. I would imagine it's hard to keep up with all these names because you guys are pumping them out. I so. don't know why, but this one I'm struggling with and our gift shop manager would pop me over the head right now if she heard me right now. But <laughs> uh, right, rightfully so. Uh, but, but yeah, but this one, uh, the way the barrels were hidden when we made this, um, some of the light whiskey barrels were just giving a lot of fruit. A lot of fruit and i was working on just a new blend for the for the gift shop and um he's not here today but uh, uh leroy was here and i was working on a blend and i had him try it and he said i like this but i could tell by the look on his face he wasn't sold and i asked him i said what would you change about it and he just said more fruit i'm like all right so went back in was kind of messing around with the same barrels let's kind of see if i can tweak some ratios but then i went into barrel 868 and gave that a try and i just had this spicy finish that I liked. And I'm thinking, how can I marry the spice and the fruit together? And by the time we got done putting it together, it really almost reminded us of like a, if you took like a dried pine, almost like a dried grilled pineapple and covered it with chili pepper. Oh, wow. And yeah, and then just had kind of a soft oak and nutmeg finish to it. So. Cheers. Cheers. I believe this is a 128 or 129 proof. So kind of on the lower end of the spectrum for light whiskey, but. Yeah. Well. It's a small pour. Thank you. You're welcome. I do have to drive after this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I commute about. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> that is, uh, 
kind yeah. of a tropical summertime. Kind yeah, of it does. Yeah. It does. It does have that sort of island flavor to it. Well, and it's funny you say that because one thing I've noticed is a lot of times when I'm when I'm blending, I try to um, I like to like mirror other profiles. You know, and I tell you, if you're trying to mirror a rum profile, light whiskey lends itself so well to that. Yeah. It kind of it kind of makes you think rum. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely not rum, but I mean, yeah, it, of course, it makes yeah. you think rum. Yeah, because actually, there's a blend. There's still some bottles on the shelf throughout the state of Kentucky called Force Multiplier. And what I literally did with that was brought in my favorite rum, Plantation XO. And one day I was like, "How can I copy this?" And then I made that happen. Gave a sample to Kentucky Eagle, and they said, "We want this." And they uh, distributed. They bought a bunch of bottles and distributed throughout the state of Kentucky. And like I said, there's still some out there right now. So this is really good, and it's even got like a, just a. Like it's got the the pineapple, mm-hmm. it's got that kind of rum base flavor to it, but there's a mace or nutmeg kind mm-hmm. of, yeah. So this goes back to earlier when I, uh, we were talking before this started. One of the things, the uh, philosophies I take towards tasting, this is going to sound like a conundrum because it is, um, I always advise people to be specifically ambiguous. Um you know, if uh, if you can just narrow down a very because like pineapple, you but we, we, we it's, it's obvious there's a pineapple taste to this, but we both have a little bit different interpretation of the finish. Yeah. So, for example, like if I'm making tasty notes, and if I'm getting baking spice, but I can't quite pinpoint it, just say baking spice. Yeah. You know, kind of leave, leave it like art, leave it open for interpretation. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, you can always just say spice. Exactly. I get a little bit of spice. Yeah. No, it's baking spice. No, it's had, nutmeg. Yeah. No, it's mace. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you start to get real specific. But yeah. yeah. Well, I never liked when I was doing store picks and I would, you know, get samples sent and you would get like a paragraph and a half long uh, explanation. And it's like, you're, they're not tasting all that. They just have a good imagination. In my yeah. When people do that. And uh, even if you look at master distillers, some major distillers describe their products, they keep it very simple and to the point. Yeah. And like I said, let people leave it, leave, leave it for interpretation. So, yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, Whiskey reminds you of things. You yes. Know, a lot of times for me, it's candies, yes. certain candies, yeah. you know, whorehounds or mm. whatever they might be. And I yep. always get that, that reminder of that flavor. Yeah. That happens to me all the time too. And I'm blending It's a lot of times if I can't pinpoint something that's, I jump into that territory is what does this remind me of? It reminds me of something. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a food. It could even be an experience. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, let's say I had like, I remember like my grandfather really loved Werther's Originals. And if I get any kind of sweet caramel, I just think of my grandpa all the time. Like yeah. that. And then, uh, you know, because he loved those. Or, That's so cool though, right? Yeah. And cigars are kind of the same way, right? Oh, Wines absolutely. and cigars and all that, yeah. all that stuff. Is a, it's the same thing. You mm-hmm. know, your, your uh, palate memories from, from your childhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the, some of those memories like Good and Plenty's and all those kind of yeah. candies that I had as a kid. They're in there. I just well, have to dig them out. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, and taste is so tied to, you know, our limbic system and emotions. And, you know, and from an evolutionary perspective, we tie smells to memories because that's a, it's a, we're basically we're, we're tapping into a survival technique that we're using for our own pleasure now. So yeah. Mr. Anatomy. Sorry, I got, I had to throw, <laughs> I had to throw a little snippet in there. But, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is really good. And, and it's, I mean, totally, totally different whiskey from what we had in the Funkadelic. I mean, I, I mean, they have to be. I mean, you know, 95.5 rye and 99.1 corn uh, malted barley. I mean, the, when I say 95.5, 95.5 rye, 5% malted barley. But, sure. I mean, yeah, they're going to get a tale of two different whiskeys, but that's a, that's the fun part, you know? Yep. When you're drinking a corn liquor, you'd never <laughs> figure it tastes like this. <laughs> that's pretty darn good. As they say, varieties of spice of life, as long as it's not too spicy. Absolutely. Well, we've got another one in front of us that we're going to try here. Yes, we do. 
And, and, and again, this was 129 proof. This is the pineapple sunrise. Sunrise or sunshine, yes. It's available in your gift shop now. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the price on these uh, premium bottles? $119.99. $119.99. Yeah, so if you're outside of Kentucky listening to this, obviously the price point is going to vary a little bit because different states have different tax structures. Um, but uh, but here in our gift shop, these will go for $119.99. And these are tax. highly crafted, one-off blends yep. that are here for a while and then they're gone. Correct. So. You know, treat yourself. Treat yourself okay. once in a while. Please do. something. Yeah. Ending with bourbon. Uh, so this is the same mash bill as our bourbon 30, 90, and 100 proof, but at barrel proof. Um, you know, obviously, I think it's kind of appropriate to end on bourbon because, you know, Rise, the original whiskey of the country, a lot of farmers around this area were... Uh, you know, har- farming corn and making whiskey to extend their their crop as a result of it. But then after the whiskey rebellion, when a lot of people migrated over here and a lot of, you know, there was less rye, there's a lot of the rye and corn distilling techniques came together and bourbon was born as a result of that. Um, and uh, so I think it's kind of appropriate to end with bourbon after the marriage of the two techniques. Sure. And also, uh, you know, obviously bourbon wouldn't, we wouldn't have American whiskey where it's at right now if it wasn't for bourbon letting it go kaboom again, you know, sure. about 12, 13, 14 years ago. So Yeah, it has been a wild ride. <laughs> we had an episode about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Where we we put the questions to uh, AI and asked AI <laughs> about you know what the future of bourbon and all this stuff and yeah. it was kind of interesting the answers we got back but yeah I think we're it's not going to end anytime soon no and we've been very fortunate because I mean I mean uh, if you if you tried this idea ten years ago never would have come off the ground you know and now uh, you know because of you know because of you know when whiskeys were getting out. Um, and uh, the, the creativity that Jeff put into the process when he founded the organization, he, I mean, our, right now we're sitting in 4,000 square feet worth of space and uh, we're moving to a new location. So our entire operation grew out of 4,000 square feet and uh, especially with our Jay Mattingly and Bourbon 30 line of products. And then, uh, you know, now we're migrating over to Frankfurt uh, to a, almost to a nearly 24,000 square foot location and expanding our operation. Stretch your legs a little bit, won't you? Uh, we're looking forward to the elbow room. Yeah, yeah I would nice. say so. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, because as I mentioned earlier, we, uh, we're we rectifiers. We buy barrels and we blend with them. And like I said, we also put them through the crafting process. But now we're going to start distilling and we move to our new location as oh, well. Oh, you are? So yes, we are. Still. Yeah. And um, are you guys shipping any product at all? There are five states we can ship to. We can ship merch all over the country, but in terms of alcohol, we can only ship to five different uh, states nevada nebraska um washington dc alaska and i believe north dakota is the last one so so listeners if you're in any of those states you definitely need to to listen into uh how to get a hold of these guys a little bit later on in the show yeah actually i've got a neat story for you about our our still that that we're going to be using in our new location so the still so we're starting with about 105 gallon still um it's a so the, the pot is stainless steel Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a stainless pot um, that has a gin basket on it. And extending from the gin basket, uh, from the condenser to the end of the, from the cap to the arm to condenser to the end of the worm, that's all copper. Um, and it's going to yield about 16 gallons, roughly, if you're looking at what the, the alcohol yield out of the, the the entire mash, that's roughly 13 to 16%. Now, what's neat about the steel, the stainless steel pot that's on there, believe it or not, that actually came from the Eddyville Penitentiary. Really? Yes. So that was so. So it, it, it will show people. We give tours and stuff on there. That the original um, 
the original uh, manufacturer number from the German company that made that is still on there. And that was literally made and the Eddieville uh, penitentiary bought that and made soup for prisoners out of that. <laughs> You're kidding. Yeah. And that's then a that's, neat story. Yeah. But then now that's in, that's an in integral code. That's the pot of our new still that's uh, that we're going to be using. Yep. And then we're already thinking ahead, even beyond Frankfurt, we're in the process of uh, working our, uh, to get our hands on, uh, a couple of single pot, 500 gallon stills. Uh, you for now move, you can crank forward. out a barrel a day. Yes, exactly. There you yep. go. Yep. We're, that's what we're aiming for right now, but we're, we're just, we're aiming for what we can work with right now in the space that we're getting. So, so this new steel you're getting is kind of, uh, it's experimental. It's, it's for you to develop and to work on and to be well, part of your experience there well that and also just open transparency uh that was redundant sorry uh just for full transparency um we are actually going to be uh distilling brandy oh right. and that's where the uh, that's where the gin basket is going to come in really handy because therefore we can uh, do a lot of experimental fusions with that um and uh you know we're still going to be distilling certain types of whiskeys as well but uh but yeah, by working with by with, by distilling brandy like i said that gin basket is going to allow us to try to uh infuse different flavors in that because you know gin baskets are when you hang herbs and stuff throughout there and the distiller runs by it and it imparts the herbaceous flavors onto there we're going to be doing that with uh with hey fruit, if you so. want to you can make a little gin too because gin's gin's my other bourbon so uh <laughs> it's mine too but the thing is with that gin is so overpowering you need a whole almost a separate still for that that's so. true you gotta you gotta really it'd be a it'd be a mess wouldn't yeah, it yeah gin takes over quick so <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're drinking your barrel proof mm -hmm. um rye bourbon here that's part yes. of your part normal. of our gift shop release as well uh, it's called spirit of the bluegrass and you have crafted it yes. differently yep yep this is also came from crafted barrels as well and then again uh, one-off blend just for the gift shop for this as well all right cheers cheers and uh i want you to guess the proof on this one i'm, right. I'm gonna guess this i know this stuff tends to drink a little bit lower than it is so the malt's really coming through mm. on this for mm. me that almost kind of reminds you of like a, like a, I'm not going to make that association. Very apparent. Get a little more darkness out of that. I don't know. 115 to 120. 108. 108. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just guessed at it. I didn't, I don't know that I really based it on flavor. Well, actually not. you would have been guessing in the right direction. That one just, that, that's how we were done blinding them. We didn't, we didn't add water to it. It just got weird. So. That's really nice. It's got a little bit of butterscotch to it. Mm. And uh, also, again, a little drying, but very nice. It's interesting how it can be both soft, kind of big and dark all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, the barrel we used that was the majority barrel for this had a little bit of a lower, lower proof. So once we kind of put the other couple in there to mix it together, proof didn't really come up that much. So how how can people find you guys like uh, social media, Internet? Yeah, um, I mean, uh, obviously, we have a just go to Google type in Bourbon 30. We'll, we'll pop up right away. We are on uh, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok as well um, at uh, Bourbon 30. And then we also have so we also have a separate uh, we have a Bourbon 30 handle and a J Madden 1845 handle on each of our social medias um, uh, and Twitter as well. We're also on Twitter. Uh, oh, fun. So yep. you got you got. So do you do that or no, no. As uh, Savannah, she she runs our marketing here. Um, I was going to say that's yeah. a lot of work to double up on those 
handles. Oh, you don't want me doing that anyway. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm not social media savvy. But, uh, but yeah, she does a marvelous job with that, uh, running that, uh, getting creative with the with the ad campaigns she she's doing on there. And you know, every time we we get something new out or some news going out to a new state, she's on it right away, just getting getting it getting it done. So do you guys do any kind of uh, events? Do you uh, get yeah. out and, yep. and, and yes. travel so, a little bit? Yep. We are actually going to be at Bourbon on the Banks for our third year in a row this year in Frankfurt. Um, and we go to some trade shows. We go to the, the, let's see, the Prime Trade Show in Georgia, the Imperial Trade Show in uh, Michigan when in the fall when that's run. Um, I'm actually working on... By the end of this week, uh, Preservation Taproom in Bowling Green uh, and I, we're going to partner up to do a, an actual whiskey blending class and tasting class down there. That'll be fun. Uh, yeah. Mike Killen actually has a, he's also a, uh, he has a doctoral degree in physiology and he's uh, one of the co-owners of the, that taproom tasting room. So us, us two maniacs getting our heads together and running a class like that, I'm really looking forward to it. And preservation has been a very, yeah. very, uh, great supporter of us too so we're happy to kind of he just called me one day last week was like hey do you want to do this i said yeah so so yeah so we definitely uh, get out and about and uh, and then we'll do some tastings i remember i've, I've been down to um elixir in uh, spring hill tennessee to, to help uh, help Tarek do tastings down there before um pogo's down in dallas texas every time we're down there we do a tasting so yeah we uh, we try to be as well traveled and and then we're out in nevada too uh there's um eight cigar lounge there's a lot of tasting done, done's out there so yeah so we're done out there sorry so yeah when we whenever whenever we're on the road and, and we're, we're trying to do more than just try to you know sell store picks and promote our brands we're trying to help our help our faithful buyers out as well we're sure, not afraid of tastings and uh, help them out so well that's great well we'll definitely see you at bourbon on the banks yeah we, we usually have a big old 40 foot tent there and oh heck yeah big bourbon road lounge we have a great time and this year yeah. it's not going to be no different so we're going to have a great time there so we'll we'll definitely stop by and say hi and i'll be fantastic yeah you do the same well it's been a pleasure to have you on today yeah, it's thanks, been for, great, thanks for having me yeah great to drink this whiskey and thank you for sharing it with me oh absolutely yeah so right. they have bourbon 30 it's our pleasure so yeah well well thank you i i'm i'm blown away by the by this you know the variety of mm -hmm. those bottles and how much they differ from each other yeah uh, they're not um they're not similar at all. They're totally different. Mm -hmm. So and that's great. Do you always try to keep the gift shop kind of uh, with very opposing flavor profiles? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, plus we talked about earlier, too, a little bit of that uh, is going to be you know, seasonal variation. Sometimes we could just be working on a blend and uh, just we could be working on a blend. And let's say we're working on a certain profile. But we accidentally just put a couple barrels together like, holy cow, we need to go this route, you know. So sometimes uh, that things just happen. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, we definitely try to keep the variety up and make sure we don't want anything just to be tasting exactly the same every single time. Perfect. Absolutely great. Well, Aaron, yeah. we hope we can come back again someday and sit down with you. And be happy to sit down and talk to you again, Jim. Thank you for be, having it'd us. It'd be so. a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun today. And thank you very much for yes. making time for thank us. Thank you as well. We appreciate it. All right. Well, you can find The Bourbon Road on all social media outlets. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. You can find us on a uh, private Facebook account, The Bourbon Roadies. Uh, you can also find us on threads now, believe it or not. I mean, we're trying to do them all. It's a big task, but just reach out to us. We're at The Bourbon Road at all of those. We also have a website, thebourbonroad.com. You'll find our swag on there, our gear. All of our podcasts are there, our blog articles. Uh, it's a great place to uh, come and and if you if you got a question for us, you got an idea for a show, or you wanna you wanna reach out to us and suggest a bottle or a distillery in your hometown, 
pop onto the bourbonroad.com, go to that contact us page, write us a note. We'll get back with you. We'll uh, we'll reach out to that distillery. We'll get that bottle. We'll talk to those people. We'll have a great show. It's always a lot of fun. It was great fun today at Bourbon 30. We hope you guys take, take an opportunity when you're on the bourbon trail to visit Bourbon 30 and take their tour and try some of their whiskeys here. Uh, you won't forget it. But until next time, we'll see you down the Bourbon Road. Yeah.